Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women in business in comedy. My name's Katie and this is my mum, Karen. Here we are, Karen, in the garden at, T- at Gilderblin TV. And uh, it's a Friday. It's sunny again. And it's a wee bit sunny again, <laughs> yes. And uh, we apologise if there's lots of people enjoying themselves and uh, taking a few tipples. Yes, we're, all, we're okay with that. But uh, yes, there, that is the hubbub behind us <laughs> that you hear. The hubbub. Yes, how are you, Katie? I'm good, thank you. I had a sleep-ish last night so feeling slightly better and put on a dress today to make myself feel even better that's so, good you know you haven't done your I makeup need to... though <gasps> i knew she was going to say that i haven't done my makeup yet no i'll put some lipstick on for you as soon as possible yes it's just under the eyes Katie. Oh, anyways from we, won't, night. <laughs> we won't criticize oh you too much and we've got a guest again we do. exciting we do. very exciting I'm going to introduce the guest You're and going to do I'm, your going very to, natural... I'm not going to look at your eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got Lucy Porter with us, who is an actress, writer and comedian. She has been doing stand-up comedy for <laughs> over 20 years. Yeah. I'm sure she'll tell us how many. Uh, a regular on panel shows on BBC Radio 4. In 2014, Lucy wrote a thought-provoking witty play, The Fair Intellectual. BBC Radio 4 commissioned a six-part drama series based on the play. Lucy has Lucy has also <laughs> appeared in Mock the Week, Argumental, Have I Got You For You, Clive Anderson's chat room, never mind the Buzzcock, bo- buzz <laughs> the Bob <laughs> Never mind that. And so much more. Such a professional yeah. introduction. I know. I, we have to tell you, Lucy, before <laughs> I welcome you, that we are not professionals at this, as you can tell. Welcome. It makes it all lovely more charming. Oh, it's lovely to see you. Well, and in fact, I have you to thank for my entire comedy career. So, oh, well, you know. funnily oh, enough, I was gosh. going to say, Good start. you worked for me in So You Think You're Funny many years ago. Uh, I did, and then I, was, I took part in So You Think You're Funny. And the very big thing that I will always remain eternally grateful to you for is that you let me have a room at the uh, Edinburgh Festival, the balcony in 2002. Yes. 20 years ago, my 20th anniversary. Oh, really? And, yes, um, 20 yeah. years. And you were the only person who would give me a room in Edinburgh to do my solo show. Yeah. And I did it and I loved it and I've never looked back. So thank oh, you, Karen. You are very, very welcome. I love that. And over the years, you have been a bit like a comedy mum, to, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> As to so many, do you get that all the time? I bet you do. Yeah, that. Sure. Yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, you do. I think we'll talk about you like that people. anyway. Yeah. Well, either that or Liam, that I'm grumpy and shout. Yeah. <laughs> but like a good mum should. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's two sides of every mum. Yeah. Liam, Liam McRae said the other day to me, I went to a tech rehearsal and she was like, "Your mum. One day I want to grow up and be your mum." Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone says. She says. I'm sorry about that crap introduction. My goodness. No, I, you know. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was charming. And uh, I think, you know, you are an inspiration there, Karen, I have to say. It's, you know, when, because I remember when I first came to the Fringe, so 92 was my first ever year of, I was on the Perrier panel that yes. year. I was the little assistant who'd won a competition in a magazine to come and see comedy. Never been to yeah. Edinburgh, never, you know, really didn't know anything at all about comedy. I loved uh-huh. it, but I didn't know, like, there was a business. And uh, there were no women. There were just no women anywhere I mean, to be it seen. it wasn't really yeah. a bus- big, it wasn't big business in 92. 
but it has become big business. It started round about then, really, I mean, the late 80s and yeah. early 90s, you know, when all the big agencies got involved. Yeah, because you know. that was the sort of dawn of your Avalons and you're off the curve. Yeah, that's exactly uh, yeah, And they were yeah. also like, yeah, we just boats from London, we're just, you know, we're all in suits and we're all over <laughs> in that show. And so it was very nice to have Karen as the kind of counterpoint to that. A, yeah. nice, a nice, decent Scottish woman yeah. who, just, you know, yeah. took but no there nonsense. there weren't just enough women, were there? No. No, and it's funny now, I sort of look back and I get a little bit angry on behalf of my generation of female comics yeah. because so many of them gave up and I think it was it was just so discouraging and it was the era mm -hmm. where they just constantly asked you why aren't there more women in comedy as if yeah. you as a woman in comedy could We're answer that for it, exactly yeah. why don't we see more women on television i'm not a commissioner i don't yeah. know and then of course the classic was uh but are women funny mm -hmm. and just that <laughs> kind of constantly being asked that for years and years and years and i refused to engage with it in the end yeah but it had such a sort of pernicious effect i think that you know you just never really felt like you were welcome at yeah. any table yeah and, you know, you sort of had to push through it. And I remember there was one year where, because, of course, the Perrier Award, there were never any women on the shortlist, and it was always a bone of contention. And I think now um, there is a bit more of a recognition that there is unconscious bias and that there's, you know, but then it just felt really awful that if you ever complained about anything mm -hmm. everyone was like well just get funnier just get funnier it's a yeah, meritocracy yeah. mate just just be funnier just yeah. be as funny as the men and it's like yeah but you, you could never do that because no, nobody would let you yeah. in through the door and and they'd pat God. you on the head and say yeah well you know yeah or they'd say actually but i like you you know you're uh -huh. all the other female comics are a bit yeah, shit you're but you're yeah, you know and all God. of that bullshit so i remember one year when the perrier had not nominated a woman and natalie haynes organized oh, a boycott I, I love natalie haynes but she gave it up because she you know was like this is bullshit. she's working in radio though is she not oh she does loads now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but she doesn't so do she went back sorry to... i've been swearing Yes, oh, absolutely. Is that okay? swear away. Please swear. <laughs> I did just want to check because yeah. I'm not sure. Katie not... likes the F word. Yeah, Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And you don't. <laughs> I have never said it on this podcast ever. I, anyway. think, I think you've actually said the C word on this podcast, so we won't go into that. Oh, really? We must look back. During anyway. Edinburgh, I might definitely, because I don't really swear the rest of the year, but yeah. because I see loads of sweary comedians and we're all yeah. out late drinking, so I do end up swearing. So I apologise yeah. to the listener, but yeah. it's the, the context. Where, but no. yeah, anyway, so Natalie Haynes one year organised a boycott of the Perrier Awards, and it was the most depressing thing. Cause it really? Because even, I'll be honest, my heart wasn't in it, but I thought, well, I've, I've got to stick with my pal. She's yeah. organised this. Yeah, yeah. But I was secretly desperate to go to the party. And, well, and uh, so the boycott was, you, no, you just didn't attend. Yeah, we just we just sat in the library bar <laughs> on our own. None of the male comedians. In fact, no, a few male comedians did come, and I will try and remember who they were, because yeah, they yeah. were the sweet sort of, I think they Johnny Candon yeah. kind of went, yeah, though. And I think a few of them just didn't like the Perry party. Was that? That's going to be early 2000s, well, it, it, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, because if it was a library bar, that's yeah. when we had that as a VIP. Yeah, early yeah, yeah. Early 2000s, that's right. Yeah, and we just had a very sort of sad <laughs> evening yeah. sitting there going, why doesn't anybody notice us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While yeah. everyone else was having a great time. But, yeah. but anyway, I think mercifully things are better in no small part due to the efforts of Karen Corrin. Yeah, and, I agree. So and you, Katie, as well. <laughs> I'm doing my small part as I can. So do tell us, how did you get into comedy? Yes, 
what comedy, made you? Comedy journey, please. Yeah, so my dad was a huge comedy fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and to a lesser extent, my mum, but it was my dad was the real driving force in the house. So he loved Dave Allen, he loved Billy Connolly. Yeah. And I used to sit doing Dave Allen impressions for my dad, pretending I only had a bit of a finger and yeah. smoking and drinking whiskey. That <laughs> <laughs> was the 80s. And uh, so, and then I just got really into both music and comedy as a teenager and I was a bit of a comedy nerd um so I used to listen to Radio 4 and all those sort of things and uh, but sort of never really thought oh I I could sort of go and see like I saw a couple of live comedians Mm -hmm. comedians live um but it really was um I'd I'd lost I'd not got a job for the summer holiday when I was at university and I was sort of quite despairing and my mum, I sort of said, oh, there's this thing in Time Out about comedy. There's a competition. You get to go to the Edinburgh Festival, whatever that is. Yeah. And um, and it, you had to write an essay about comedy. And I, the only oh, really? connection I had to comedy was that my friend had got off with Vic Reeves in the toilet. <laughs> and so I wrote this essay, which in hindsight must have been awful about, you know, uh, the fact that I didn't want to get off with comedians, yeah. but I really liked seeing them. And so I sort of described comedians in various bits of the house like we discover Sean Hughes in the kitchen and he's talking about anyway whatever it was it yeah. you know they obviously couldn't find anyone else so they gave me the uh, job and I came up for uh and I mean arrived off the train at Waverley mm-hmm. I, I think 18 or 19 I'd yeah. never really I mean never been to Scotland before never seen Edinburgh before and just sort of stepped off and it was the most beautiful city I'd ever seen and there were people and bars and life and yeah. so much comedy and it was the best thing that could have happened to me because really? I got sent to see five shows at least a day yeah. and I mean they were all the shows that so they had professional journalists and broadcasters on the panel mm-hmm. and then there was me and a girl called Grace who'd won a competition in the List magazine mm-hmm. and we were the sort of foot soldiers and we got sent to see all the shows that nobody else wanted to go and see <laughs> So yeah, I was seeing and reported back, yeah, yeah, whether and I was, they were worth going to see or not. Yeah, so we could kind of recommend stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I was seeing like you know a, a magic show uh-huh. somewhere for, like in Morningside, and <laughs> I was the only person in the audience, and the guys yeah. doing. It. Um, but it gave me such an amazing uh, view of, of yeah, yeah the breadth of what's on offer up here. Yeah. And then, so that year, Steve Coogan and John Thompson ended up winning. And oh, that was with us. That was with yes, you. that's right. And it was because he'd, and it was a lovely tale as well, because Steve Coogan had collapsed. He'd had a some sort of collapse, and it was like, will he be able to finish the run? And then he did, and he <laughs> yeah. won the award. And um, my mate read Steve Coogan's autobiography and said that in it, he thanks me because I told him oh, really? clearly that I, because I did really, I was like, that was my sort of the show I Your was going to defend yeah. till the ends of the earth. And, um, but yeah, I must have drunkenly told him, you owe the Perrier Award to me. Then, <laughs> I mean, he obviously doesn't, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was all you. Yeah, it was all me. It was all what, me. what was that, 92? So that was 92. So mm-hmm. then, and they said, when you applied to do this job, they said, we do not want people who want to become stand-up comedians. And at the time, I didn't. But yeah, um, from watching that, I then went to see loads of... Because I was at uni in Manchester, and mm-hmm. there was the scene then was Steve Coogan, John Thompson, Carolina Hearn, all those yeah. people. And so I went to as much comedy as I could, and then of course, but were you into theatre and performance? Not before? at all. No, no, no. And I was so. What were you studying? At I was studying English, and I wanted to be a journalist. So I kind of wanted to. I mean, Kate Adie was my heroine, so mm-hmm. that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah, war correspondent. War correspondent, <laughs> and I mean, very much the Edinburgh Festival can feel like a war zone mm-hmm. at times. But um, but yeah, then I just sort of. 
I, I don't know. And then I drifted for a bit and I just did loads of temping and I was sort of, then I started, I did start writing and then I was reviewing comedy. Yeah. And of course I went out with a comedian because I kind of thought, well, that, that's, that's as good as being a comedian yourself. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, no, no, it's not. And yeah, just gradually became more and more desperate to, to do comedy, but I was so nervous. I had to take beta blockers. I had really? somebody prescribe me beta blockers because I was wow. like, I was so visibly so shaking, and I'd nervous. have a bit of yeah. paper in my hand with my notes on, and yeah, yeah. Uh, and people were just sorry for me. But but I, <laughs> I took beta blockers to get. I mean, it's that. really a huge start to have done the Perry be on the panel of the Perry Award because then you expect to, you know, you go to see all these shows free, and then all of a sudden you have to start paying for them and everything, and, and you know yeah, that yeah, is yeah. really really hard. So you had a great start. Oh, it? especially because when I worked for the Perry Award as well, the flat they put me up in was the flat that Nika Burns, the director of the award, um, was staying in. Really? And it is still, to this day, the nicest place I've ever stayed. Really? <laughs> that yeah, really? Festival. So it has been an absolute come down. Like, you know, the first year yeah. I had to come up under my own steam, I was staying in a cupboard. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I went from this amazing flat in the new town, which had, it had a lift yeah, yeah. in it and it had um, yeah. like a rooftop bar. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there is some amazing places in Edinburgh. That, like, but we've not seen them. No, <laughs> no. Um, no, but it must have been a massive step from going to watching a lot of comedy and then actually taking that step onto this. Karen, <laughs> Karen is uh, just telling people to be quiet. Very um, In her own venue, but she's allowed to. She's very, um, <laughs> being very polite though, aren't you? Oh, it's him. He's the loud one, you see. Yeah, that's it's all right. The... <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've identified the loud talker. But yeah, yeah, I know. But I do think it is the best way to, you know... <laughs> that was the best way to uh, start off. And it is yeah. what everybody always advises new comics to do. And it's absolutely right. It's just go and see but as much as you can. did the beta blockers work? Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did, but I had to wean myself I off in the end. I don't know if I've ever... I mean, I have had panic attacks. Does it yeah. work? Yeah, I mean, I haven't taken them since, even though I have had sort of anxiety and panic attacks over the years. But uh, it was a very specific... It met a very specific need at a very specific time. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend it. That is not my uh, yeah. you know, that's not my advice to <laughs> yeah. young comedians. Take yeah. all the drugs, guys. Yeah, I know. And then did you like start getting into it, and then you felt more yeah. comfortable? Yeah, and then I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was nice because I was part of a small comedy scene as well. And I think that because I started doing comedy in Manchester, and so there what was year a, was it when you did? So this is like late nineties, yeah. and yeah. so the my contemporaries there were people like Chris Addison, mm. Johnny Vegas. Peter Kay, where is he now? Never heard of them. Never heard of these guys. Chris um, Addison went on to because he used to work for the Gilded Balloon many years ago, and, and he, did he not go on to write his directing or writing or? Yeah, because he did a drama degree at Birmingham, yeah. and then he sort of kept popping back up to Manchester. So um, yeah, so I got to know some really great people, and we were all sort of very supportive. There was the only women really was there was me and a woman called Susan Vale, mm-hmm. um, and. So, but it, but it was yeah, it was just a really nice little open mic circuit, and then uh, and then I would come up to uh, Scotland, yeah. And that was the other nice scene was that oh yeah, there's there's you know a little comedy scene in Edinburgh and a bit in Glasgow as well, and so uh, I think it was easier than starting in London, and yeah, I think it was easier yeah, than starting. Yeah. I think now it's so unbelievably hard wherever. Yeah, you are. I know. Yeah, and and I all these clubs wanting you to do free open spots you know and you can yeah. do open spots for a year or yeah, more for yes. such a long time yeah, yeah. You know, oh gosh yeah years i think it yeah. is now i think so you just have to see it as a hobby 
Yeah. And if you're very, very lucky, it might yeah. be a career. Whereas I think when I went into it, it was, I mean, there wasn't a career in the sense that, it, you know, comedy hadn't become the big thing yeah. that it sort of was and, and, and is. But did you not work for Channel 4 for a while? I did a bit. Um, yeah, I did a bit of working in telly. I worked for Carolina Hearn, the lovely Carolina Hearn mm. on the Mrs. Merton show. Oh, did you? Because, yeah, yeah, while I was... She was amazing because while I was trying to get going as a comedian, obviously it wasn't paying. Yeah. And it was sort of... She was incredible because she got me in at Granada TV. And so I was very kindly treated because Caroline had me under her wing. So yeah. I, I was... I'll be honest, I was a terrible employee. Um, <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I just, well, I was going out doing gigs every night. And so, like, True. my heart wasn't really, and I'm terrible at admin and I'm awful at, you know, <laughs> everything really. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not someone who can work in an office in any way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was great. So, but they Caroline kept me on. obviously believed in you. Yeah, she was amazing. And she, she was so was. I, I, I don't know if you remember, but we used to do women in comedy at the Guild of yes. Moon. And Caroline uh, often did it, and she was just the the humor of her. Yeah, there's nobody quite like her, you know. Yeah, well, her stand up was like because nobody ever really saw her stand up because yeah. she didn't sort of. I don't think she, she enjoyed it, it as much yeah, as characters. Yeah, yeah, and it was she would have been the best ever stand up of all time. You know that like, she That's could have right. done anything. She had so much talent yeah. within her. Um, but yeah, because Brenda Gilhooley, I see quite a lot of as yes. well, and she always used to, you know, they used to pal around up here, and yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so so yeah, so she was great, and she and I started entering like comedy competitions and things, which again, really, so you think you're funny was the only one. Yeah, back then. That's what I was going to ask. I, w I was right in thinking that you did go into so that you're funny. I did. The final was hosted by Graham Norton, who was yeah. lovely. Yeah, and it was uh, so did. I think Joe Heenan might have won it. And Joe Lee Mack. Oh, the, he didn't. Lee Mack won the, that. Was it Lee Mack who won it that year? Yeah. Okay. And Thank goodness it was Lee. Oh, sorry, I don't mean that. <laughs> I'm sure you're still working in comedy. Oh, he's still doing marvellously well. But uh, it was. And who? Uh, Natalie Haynes was in it that year as well. Yeah. Um, and then there was a brilliant woman who was from Newcastle. She was like a beautician from Newcastle. And she came third, and mm -hmm. everybody loved her. And then. She just totally disappeared, which again yeah. is the thing where you go, yeah, the yeah. the men carried on and the yeah. women kind of fell by the wayside a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, mm. it was tough. Yeah. But prior to that, had you been working with us on So You Think You're Funny? Um, no, I did apply for a job on So You Think You're Funny, actually, but then I think I didn't get it. But I thought oh, I had. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was really awkward because whoever, who was the guy? Was it... Oh, was it John Tiffany? Or? John Tiffany. I think, because I had an interview John with Tiffany, you and John yeah. Tiffany... And then he told me I'd got the job and I, but, and because it was all going to come through Channel 4. Don't you dare. Don't <laughs> so, you dare look at me like that. No, I don't think it was your fault. I squarely blame John Tiffany or Good, someone yeah. at Channel 4 because then I, and eventually I did have to phone up and say, I, I thought I had a job with you. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, no, you haven't got a job. And he'd but obviously I, given it to someone else. But it wasn't me that said that. No, 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 no. I think it was John. I think it was John. I thought you did work with yeah, us. Yeah, no. I think you thought you'd given me the job. Yeah. Maybe you had. Didn't. Maybe just something got lost in translation. But anyway. Oh but then, to be, Whatever to happened be honest, to John Tiffany? I don't know, actually. Right, I think he's going to go and put him down. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good because actually, if I had then entered So You Think You're Funny and got into the final, then yeah, everyone would have said it's a terrible fix. She used to work for So I kept my. Uh, you know, my yeah, reputation yeah. clean. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah. But yeah. I did, I worked for the Perrier for quite a few years and so I was always kind of in and around. Yeah. 
And um, you, you learned a lot from watching comedy. And when you actually started doing your open spots and doing, did your own material come quite easily? No, I was, for ages, I was a Jeremy Hardy tribute act, really. <laughs> and then a bit of an Eddie Izzard tribute act. I mean, everyone was an Eddie Izzard tribute act. Particularly yes, Chris many. Addison, actually. It was yeah. hilarious. He was like, yeah. Uh, and then everyone became Daniel Kitson tribute acts a couple yeah. of years later. And now Stuart Lee tribute acts yeah. just everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, it took me quite a long time to find my own voice. And also because I was very hamstrung because I, I sort of said, I'm not going to be a female comedian who like talks about female things because yeah. everybody was like, oh God, I hate it when women talk about periods. And you look back and you go, no one really did. It was a myth that was sort of created in the minds of men. That, yeah. And they really, everyone really hated Joe Brand, mm -hmm. who is one Awful. of the best comedians and finest human beings the you could ever hope to meet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I kind of thought, oh God, well, I better try and not be like a, a female comedian. Yeah. So yeah, so it took me ages because I was just trying to, I was trying to write a set that a bloke my age yeah. I thought would do, but yeah. like it was but so. You, I, yeah. I mean, I did, I did see once that in the nineties, all the women comics that came along were all ladsy. They were all trying to be boys, and yeah. actually, yeah. women yeah. do not need to do that yes. at all. They can just be themselves. Yeah, yeah, because actually. There were so many great comedians and, you know, and like, so people like Rona Cameron and Donna McPhail, they were the kind of people who were my sort of inspiration. Yeah. Um, but male comedians just never respected them in mm -hmm. the same way that, that it was such a boys but club and the journalists yeah. as well were all like reviewing when they reviewed the boys they wanted to be part of their gang. And yeah. I mean, it still persists a bit today, I think, but there is a bit more diversity in terms of reviewers yeah. and sure, stuff sure. as well. But it did feel like, you know, and I always got accused of like, oh, well, the only reason you get good reviews is because the reviewers fancy you. Oh, and I'm like, well, what am I meant what? to do about that? No, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to, yeah. just I'm existing. And yeah, exactly. just the penalty for existing sometimes is people... But it was part of that whole culture back then that was yeah. toxic, basically. Yeah, it was. And I do, it saddens me that there's still any element of that. Yeah. And I always yeah. think it's getting better, but then I think that's because I'm just older and I'm not as involved. And then yeah. I come up here and I hear awful... And you hear stories, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, awfulness about people I really like as well. And I'm like, oh, no, he's a wrong one. And I've yeah. always... I've always really liked him, oh, but no. anyway, you know. We'll talk about who that is later. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Um, no. No, it is. It's It's strange because as you grow older anyway you get a bit softer and you know I don't shout as much as I used to believe it or not <laughs> I believe it or not but uh when you hear all these things I mean I think it's it's getting more and more difficult and it sounds to me that it took you a long time to actually take that step mm. onto the stage mm. you know and then a long time to actually feel like I deserve to be there that yeah. was the real thing yeah and I do look back and I think if I had advice for sort of younger comedians and I know nobody ever listens to advice from older people but the yeah. um you know uh well they should they yeah. should especially <laughs> their parents yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but yeah I would say I wish that you know because everybody's got imposter syndrome and everybody feels like they're not worthy but you've just got to be as arrogant as some of the you know, the, the, I love the comedians and they are always male who are just completely delusional about their own talents and yeah. absolutely believe, like, 
why am I not nominated? I should be nominated for the award. This was going to be my year, you know, and you're like, bloody hell, get you. <laughs> confidence. Yeah, a little bit more of that confidence is a good thing, I think. But do you know what we, what's happened? And hopefully you'll come and see it or be part of it. Late in Live, we've put all women compers I'm on. I'm so delighted you've done that. And they're the best, like Lou Conran, so I think, is one of the best compers. Yeah. And it's just time. changed the atmosphere of it, you yeah. know, because they are just that little bit. They're, they're hard, but they have a soft you know yeah well and it does put the dickheads off you yeah. know like the dickheads just know that there's not it's not as much of a challenge for yeah. them and those kind of like the late in life was always a delight and brilliant yeah but the the off-putting thing always was that there was a certain type of fella who would come along just to make it all about them yeah and yeah, there's or nothing. Get his dick out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's we don't like, want to see it, no, mate. we don't. No. Um, but, but yeah, the, I think the with um, female MCs, they just are amazing at understanding every corner of the room. Like mm. they just command the room so much better and set it up in a different vibe. And that's just what we wanted from a new earlier time slot for late in life is to set it up as a better gig yeah. because a lot of other MCs were coming out and just being aggressive with it and it's just like yeah. what does that achieve for the you know they were just like setting it up as a dare for the mates that were going on after yeah. to be like can you deal with a hyped up crowd like yes. that and it's just like oh get over yourselves like <laughs> uh, 1999 I did the Comedy Zone over at the Pleasance with yeah. Rob Rouse Dan Antipolsky and yeah. um, oh, lovely. Tony lovely. Law yeah it was lovely yeah. Tony Law and at that time they like it was a bit of a thing that they were all going to go and do late and live yeah, and they yeah, were really. like and it and basically they all died on their <laughs> holes and they were like are you not going to do it and yeah. I was like no absolutely no way yeah. because like if you three have all died yeah there's yeah. no way no, I'm going to survive so why would I put myself through it and yeah, they were totally. all sort of like oh you've yeah. got to it's like a rite of passage yeah there's like golden moments where it was just silly fun oh it and was then, brilliant but then there was just other gigs that were just horrible so it's like yeah. yeah we're just trying to get that balance right of having getting the fun and silliness and and the people vibe trying has out changed different stuff. Yeah. you know that's the thing is that i think this it, what is difficult for me sometimes with the discussions around uh offense or yeah. censorship or whatever is yeah. that you know i am aware of the historical context of some of this stuff because i have lived it and it it was different and it wasn't all horrific yeah. and i know we, you know th that yes we have to get rid of that culture of toxic masculinity but that doesn't mean we need to write it all off as the worst time of ever because some of the awful deaths were brilliantly handled and it was yeah. like seeing because there is something about seeing people in adversity and uh -huh. you know the legendary Greg, Greg Fleet refusing yeah. to leave the stage <laughs> yeah. and the audience like hating him yeah. more than life itself but then kind of going actually we quite admire him because he's yeah, not moving and then, and then, like, then they back, hated yeah. him and you know and all of those legendary things they were brilliant at the time and you know I can't hate the past and there's a lot of material that I wouldn't do now that I did and sure. I have to kind of own that and go well yeah you know there was a lot more cruelty it was a much more sort of laddish vibe and I'm really glad that it's changed but there were good things about that time as well yeah 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 so let's go back shall we <laughs> Woo, back Woo. Yeah. 
Um, where were you born? Where were you brought Tell us up? about your childhood. Tell us about your childhood. So, um, I was born in Croydon, South London, which I always you know, say, London. a charming little fishing village. Just as a, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we moved all... So my dad was a pharmacist with a shop and my mum was also a pharmacist, but she mostly did like the accounts and stuff. So, mm. um, so yeah, so we had a little shop... Uh, in a place called Wallington, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad hated his job so really? much. Really? Yeah, um, I, yeah, he really like my overwhelming memory of my dad in childhood was yeah. him coming home from work and having furious arguments with people that he wished he could have had. So he used to oh, sit there yeah, cursing really. under his breath. And uh, you oh. fucking bastard! <laughs> <laughs> so he, but he had his own business, which is. You yeah, know, that's that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean it was great. He was very so. My dad was from Belfast, and he was so his dad was in the police, was in the um, RUC, but he was Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, like an unbelievably rare position to be in. Yeah. But so uh, so anyway, his growing up, he was one of seven kids, and they were you know, not very well off at all. And they also had to keep moving around because they were un- in threat, you know? Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was sort of, it was pre-Troubles, but it was still, you know, you didn't want to be a Catholic with a copper yeah. for a dad. Yeah. Um, so he'd had quite a troubled childhood and he'd been educated by the Christian brothers and beaten up the whole time. And yeah. um, anyway, so very low expectations for his education. Yeah. But he managed to, he never went to university, but he got some kind of, diploma or something that you could then convert and so he got a sort of pharmacy qualification in the end and my mum which is pretty incredible qualification to get yes 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 oh i mean and really extraordinarily um hard working yeah but i think you know he just did that because that was the thing that he was able to do not because it was a passion or something he really dreamed of sure um and then my mum was incredible so she uh was from coventry born during the war was there during the blitz and uh she was um her dad was kind of unemployed you know he did various jobs he worked in the ford car factory for a bit and then he sold insurance but she um so they were really poor and she uh got a scholarship from boots to go to really yeah yeah so she went to nottingham university Mm -hmm. and just again sort of unbelievably hard working and you know these scholarship bursary things like they only gave out like 10 in the whole country and so so she was incredibly bright really um, and so they were both sort of quite inspirational in that way in that they sort of, you know, they, they had worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so she went to Nottingham, got a pharmacy degree, and then she went to work for Boots uh, as a sort of indentured slave, I think, for about <laughs> yeah, the yeah. first 10 years. Yeah, yeah we paid for your education. Yeah, so and... she had to go to various Boots that no one else wanted to go to. Yeah. Uh, and But then anyway, so then she... Uh, went over to Zimbabwe or Rhodesia as it was then because sure. I think Boots had something out there or whatever but they yeah. sent her out to there um, wow. and my dad went out there because you know it was like you could make money you know the classic expat thing you can make yeah. a lot of money and you don't pay tax and all that but they yeah. absolutely hated it oh, both really? of them yeah and they but they found each other in like the first week yeah they oh. met and they got together and yeah. then they both came back so they spent I think you know about a month there in uh, Zimbabwe and yeah, yeah. absolutely hating it and wow. so then they came back and then they um 
set up a little chemist shop in Croydon, and Cute. then uh, we lived above the shop for a while. Yeah. Um, but that was a really big thing to do to set up a shop. Yeah, set yeah, up your yeah. Own thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and because they they owned the building, so they bought Great. the building, which was extraordinary, and like so lucky that they did that. Um, but I think, yeah, because my dad had, he'd done various like pharmaceutical repping and he'd worked in other people's shops and he hated having a boss. Yes. And incredibly sort of rebellious. And I think that was why he just, he just had a very short fuse really. Yeah. So with customers or doctors or, you know, this was why he had to get all this kind of anger yeah, out of his system. Yeah, did he like not show it in, per- in yeah, real yeah, life? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd just, then he'd just be absolutely yeah. And he never showed it to us either. I mean, he was yeah. a lovely, kind, gentle man really. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he absolutely hated his job from of... start to finish. And he retired yeah. the second he could afford to retire. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So I think I sort of grew up thinking... God, whatever I do, I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't... was it just you or was there? No, uh, older sister. So, well, in fact, and my half sister Jenny, who uh, my dad had from a previous relationships. So yeah. there was two of us growing up, and then we met Jenny, our half sister, when I was about sort of twelve so or thirteen. So three girls. Yes. So, um, and my sister became a doctor mm-hmm. because I think that was what my, you know, my mum and dad were like, oh. With that's love. the dream. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. good yeah. money, and it's and it was a world they knew. But then, of course, being the younger one, I got that beautiful chance to rebel yeah. <laughs> and not have to like. She had to fulfil all their dreams and expectations, yeah. and I just went. I'm just going to go and be a clown. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Gonna... So, but they were incredibly supportive and lovely. Actually, were they? I think because my dad always thought there is nothing worse than doing a job that you really hate, and yeah. it, you know, it had blighted his life. And my mum didn't really like, I mean, she had to organise my dad, really. And mm-hmm. I think, I know all comedians have ADHD, but I am one of those people. <laughs> and I think my dad did as well. So I think, you know, there are just some people who are incapable of focusing and doing basic admin tasks, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it it feels like just admitting you're work shy. But yeah. I, I know I'm not because I do work really hard when something engages me. But yeah. my dad was the same. He could just like, so all the bookkeeping and because, you know, there's a lot involved, as you know, yeah, in running your own imagine. business. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have to outsource everything. Like I have the most understanding accountants <laughs> because I just like, and they've simplified everything to the, nth degree where like i go on quickbooks yeah and they're like all you have to do is just type in the it's just basically typing from yeah. place a to place b <laughs> yeah and i every time i phone them and i'm like i've done something i've pressed <laughs> the wrong button wrong. i've just yeah. erased all our bank accounts sorry <laughs> Could you? and it, it i feel like such a doofus but i think you know again as you get older you start to realize what your strengths yeah, are yeah and i've been and trying what? to change myself for 49 years <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen now yeah. just just you know yeah, yeah. own it and let someone else do it so were you rebellious as a teenager no i was the so that's where my sister got her teenage rebellion in and she was the good daughter yeah and i was the sort of nice teenager who then became a real worry to my parents because of course like I went off to university and it was a time when you didn't have mobile phones or the internet Mm -hmm. and so they just didn't hear from me for like months and months and months and then I started doing comedy and I mean I would just like they'd know that I was getting a a mega bus from London to Edinburgh and they had no idea you know so yeah I think I was a bit of a a bit of a worry to them yeah and uh and I would ne- I'd never have a relationship. Like my sister was in a proper relationship and yeah. 
I was going out with a series of very unsuitable comedians. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just sort of coming up to Edinburgh, seeing who's around. Yeah, and they yeah. were like, this is terrible. Yeah. She's never going to, you know, and financially I was a disaster. Sure. And then I was very lucky because I met my agent, Debbie Allen. Yes. Who ex-goodable ex employee. Yes. has all the best people oh, I've ever met. I love Debbie. Debbie and Lisa White also. She yeah, does yeah, some of, of my agenting work. So both uh, ex Balloon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that I, I think I've I've been really lucky in that. Well, Lisa I... would be very quick to say, I never worked for you. Oh, would she? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. But well... she does still loves me. It's all right. Yeah, we're all yeah. good. Yeah. Yes, and, but uh... Steph and Julie Harris. Yes. Yeah, they were, and they they were all friends with Debbie, and yeah, they were all, yeah, yeah. and that was all the late 80s early 90s yeah they were around so yeah yeah and she's been an amazing i mean so i joined debbie when like i would have been 20 something and she was too and she was working for an agency called billy marsh That's and right. so she was looking after like sasha distel i remember she had sasha distel on the mrs merton show <laughs> yeah and she i learned thought, so much there i think yeah, yeah. oh and she's brilliant she's an amazing yeah. agent and I had dealt with lots of agents because I was working in TV and I was booking guests for the Mrs. Merton show. Oh, yeah. And so I went to see the agents that I thought were good from dealing with them from yeah, the other yeah. side. And that was really, it's always good, I think, to get a sort of yeah, 360 degree yeah, yeah. view of. Um, so, yeah, I went to see Vivian Claw and Debbie. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I ended up going with, uh, with Debbie. Yeah. And, it's, and you've been with her for. How many years? Oh, decades now, yes. (laughs) Yes, well, I was always tempted to leave at one point. And I did go and have a meeting with another agent and Mm -hmm. sort of, I was like, yeah, maybe I should, because everybody changes agents all the time. Yeah, yeah. But then, actually, I sort of thought, I don't really, there's no point changing for the sake of it. No, no. And I think it can be a sort of big illusion that your career is going to really, you know, if I just get the right agent, it'll really take off. And it's like, no, no. you need to do it yourself, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the agent, of course, will but, help and, and facilitate. And you grow yeah. together. Yes. I mean, you know, Debbie was new when you were when you first went with her, but mm. and she's grown so much. Yeah. And so have you. And I, yeah, it's it's more it's a personal thing, I think. Yeah. With, oh, it's like a marriage. It is. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, you are yeah. sort of if you can get through some rocky years, of then course. it's worth sticking with it because yeah. you can, you know, you you know each other so well, and I know she knows what I will and won't do, and she yeah. can push me to do things that I might turn down, which I think, you know, if if it was someone who was less comfortable with their client, they'd probably yeah. listen to them yeah, yeah. <laughs> and respect their decisions. What I'm saying is she tells yeah, yeah. me what to do and I yeah. love it. So, and of course, yeah, yeah, now she is so in demand and it, and like all young comedians go, oh my God, can you put in a word with Debbie? Yeah. And her books are full and she's not taking anyone on. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, please don't dump me. I know, <laughs> yeah. She's making money off Bradley Walsh, you know yeah. what I mean? She doesn't need yeah. whatever pennies I'm bringing in. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's just, it's so important, I think, especially when you are someone like me who cannot do the business side of show business. Sure. I yeah, love yeah. the show, need, yeah, hate the business. Support. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So 
you've talked about your relationship with Debbie. <laughs> what was your relationship like with your mum and dad? Did you have a good relationship? Were you a daddy's girl? Were you close to your mum? I'd probably say a little bit closer to my mum. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we got, we got I was so lucky. We all got on very well. And my sister, you know, we're still very close. And yeah. she's, so my sister, who will be delighted at me telling you this, is 10 years older than me. <laughs> yes. And uh, so she always felt a little bit like a mum in a way too so I yeah. kind of felt like I had two mums like you, a cool yeah. young mum and then a yeah. sort of old yeah. loving <laughs> mum yeah. um, and then my and you know my dad was a bit absent because he was working all the all hours the that God sent at the shop yeah. um, so I guess you know I, I suppose I didn't know him as well and t- but then he retired I got to know him quite well because he retired when I was in my teens still really yeah. really yeah yeah did your mum work in the shop as well yeah so she did all the bookkeeping and all the accounts and occasionally would fill in doing a bit of dispensing but I don't I think she actually lapsed all her qualifications in the end oh did she, she yeah yeah she, she was concentrating on the business, the business yeah. yeah um yeah. so yeah so I kind of any financial sense I have at all comes from her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, I suppose from my dad I get a sort of, I don't know, it's interesting sort of business. I mean, I suppose he was just funny and yeah. he was... That's, yeah, you've got your sense of humor Did you have your children before they died? Yes, thankfully. So they got to meet. I mean, sadly... It's a bombshell to drop in there. Sorry, yeah. I'm not, I, I know, but it's nice. It no, nice I was thing just to... thinking of... No, no, but they know. don't... No, the listeners don't know that they're not with us anymore. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, I should have pointed out. So, yeah, my mum and dad died uh, 2016 and 2017. So my dad died first. Oh. But he'd been ill for a long time and my mum had been caring for him. How old were they? Uh, 91. My dad was oh, 91 and my oh, mum wow. was 83 when she died. So they yeah. both lived long happy lives yeah. and I mean and my dad you know there's always that thing isn't there where some men retire and then they die because they yeah. sort of can't cope and my dad was very much the opposite of that I think he wanted did to eke out as much <laughs> life as he could yeah yeah post working so uh, and did so, he retire quite early back yeah. in the day where the well, retirement age was early yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well because also that was his everything he did like we never we didn't live a fancy life. Yeah, we didn't live in a fancy house. We didn't sure. have fancy cars. Yeah. We didn't go on fancy holidays because everything was being saved up so yeah. that he could retire. Really, really, yeah. Really early. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, that was, you know, they were very good as well about money that you kind of always had to earn your own. So I had to get Saturday jobs or I would work in the shop if yeah. pressed, but I'd rather not work for them because that was... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, working Intense. with your parents it can have its ups and downs, <laughs> I believe. Um, can, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I would help out in the shop every now and then, but I got I yeah. used to work in shoe shops and things. And then, yeah. so I think that work ethic was quite, you know, strongly uh, instilled in from, me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, I that's a gift I'm giving to my children as well. They're yes. not going to have a penny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, of course. Sorry, I, I just wanted to know that, uh, that your your children met, yes. met them. Yes, yes they, they did. And it was lovely. I think that they were very pleased for me that I had found stability and security. Yeah. And I think I felt like, oh, thank goodness they didn't die while I was in the crazy yeah, party yeah. years because I would have <laughs> yeah. felt like, oh, so... Because your your husband's a, a working comedian, as you know. He is. Comedy actor Justin Edwards. <laughs> comedy actor. Comedy, comedy actor. actor Justin Edwards, a.k.a. Yes. Jeremy Lyon, who yes. uh, was a, a stalwart at the Fringe for many years. Yeah. Yes. Does, does he do that, that character anymore? No, not really. He did... A show in 2009, I think, was the last one that he did. Wow. No, he's he's kind of gone off Edinburgh now as a, a not Ed, not the city, but the, yeah. the fringe. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't know, some people age out of it. I think. Yeah. 
Um, but I have no intention of doing so. Yeah. And I sometimes I feel a bit tragic. I feel like God, are all the young comics going, God, why is she still coming back? <laughs> 20 years, how tragic is that? But I just love the energy of it and I love seeing other things. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I just couldn't imagine not being here at least some of the time in August. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fantastic because, um, I mean, the Fringe has made so many so many performers haven't they and yeah well, i mean it's i mean i don't think it is necessarily the only way in anymore and i think sure. that's good yeah but i think it's still really important because i think even if you are doing tiktok and youtube and all yeah. those things at some point you will need to grow a live audience it can, because that it is the money the live yeah genre can it no and i mean the atmosphere of a live show is like is like nothing else Absolutely. and especially and post pandemic i think everyone's realizing how much they've missed it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's that um discipline of doing show after show after show and you'd learn so much in the process and from what like you did back in the day was of going to see loads of other shows yeah. and getting that kind of inspiration i think is really important for performers and it is a learning experience so. oh my show has changed so much yeah. just by virtue of what i've seen uh, yeah. not that i'm stealing jokes yeah, yeah, they're kind of um like you know you go and see a play and just someone will stand in a really interesting way or yeah. something and you'll go, oh, that's good. Oh, that, yeah, that's nice, that. I like yeah. that. Or, you know, you see someone doing a very intensely personal, yeah. brave show and it gives you a bit of bravery and you think, actually, maybe I could talk about that thing that I've been maybe. holding back from. Or... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think, it, and your show really changes as well just by, didn't, as you say, of doing it night after night. Yeah, it's unbelievable that yeah. you find little lines here and there, and yeah, there's stuff that you thought was hilarious when you first came up, yeah. and you go, "Why is that not working yeah, yeah. night after night?" So, yeah, yeah, yeah so interesting I love it. though that you you uh, wrote a play um, as well, and are you still interested in doing that? Yes, uh, I would love to do more of that. But I had a mentor. A woman called Marilyn Imry, who was a radio producer and mm. uh, lived in Edinburgh, uh, but she sadly died um, oh. last year. And I think what I need is people telling me what to do, right. and so I need to find someone else. To, and I, I am now trying to do that for other feckless, aimless young comedians. Be a bit of a kind of come yeah. on, why aren't you doing do that? You should do that. You yeah, must get yeah, this. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, but I think I will always need that all through my life. So yeah. I just need to find someone else who... There's uh, Gordon Kennedy, lovely Gordon Kennedy yeah, from the Absolutely great. Gang. He produces some radio things I do for Radio 4. And he's good. And I say to him, just, will you phone me up? Him and his wife, Susan, she's she's got me into running. Yeah, and yeah. he's sorting out my career. So I feel that's, like they're oh, my... Uh, <laughs> Very good. That's and you great. know Jack Doherty's on here. Yes. With him. Justin came to see a show and said it was phenomenal. The, oh, yeah. um, the sort of semi-autobiographical. Yeah, or is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> of course it's not true. Um, but uh, he finishes... Tonight, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tonight's last night. Miss Miss oh, well, yes. I but he did it in Soho, didn't he? So maybe he'll do it again. Yeah. yeah well, it, well, I think there's a lot of interest in it. So nice. he's a very good writer. Yeah, yeah. he's great. And yeah. actually, you know, it's always interesting seeing people who have suffered a bit and been through life. And I think there is, that's why I continue to come to the Fringe as well, because I think you do need older voices as well as the, yeah. the hot young things. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I used to like, coming to see acts with a bit of you know your rituals and your Mike Wilmots and people who had a little yeah, bit more exactly. gravitas so that's what I'm trying to be as a grand elder states lady of the fringe <laughs> I'm, I'm going for it yeah yeah but tell us about um we're going back to family 
yeah. Um, about you, you met your husband in Edinburgh. St- in, Ed- oh, in, in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, in the Gilded Balloon, in oh, the really? Gilded Balloon on Cowgate. Yeah, uh, we met in the bar there. He was uh, in a sketch group called the Consultants, and we were friends for years. And in fact, we shared a flat in Edinburgh in like two thousand, I don't know, seven or eight or something. Yeah. And then, uh, and it was quite nice because I was like, oh, he's just a really good pal. And then we kind of something aligned and we uh, we ended up getting together. But lovely. Yeah, so it's been really... One of these sharing a flat and then sitting talking for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we had such a good laugh and we used to stay up because I always shared with Richard Herring and Sarah Kendall mm-hmm. and then we brought Justin in one year and we used to do... Before Sophie Ellis-Bexter, we used to do Kitchen Disco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, all the people in our our block must have hated us but we would stay up and do you know just playing silly games and chatting and and have a good time so it all sprung out of that yeah yeah and is there any um lessons that you've passed on to your children if you kind of mentioned it already but we want to know what children she has sorry i do i have a a 11 year old girl and a 10 year old boy yeah and a 10 year old boy yes oh two close together yes uh so that's are they good friends they are, yeah. I mean, they fight like yeah. cat and dog, obviously, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> but they love each other, really. over the years. Yeah, yeah. They... yeah. And they're nice because they are, you know, they're similar enough that they share some of the same interests, but they're different enough that they're kind of, yeah. they can do their own thing as well. So, yeah. yeah, it's very difficult, though. I don't know what to advise. Yeah, are they, <laughs> are they up so here difficult. with you? Yeah, they well they were, and They're then back. they've just gone back. So that's why I've spent the last couple of nights drinking wine. because I leave tomorrow, so I've had my last few days of uh, oh, no. party time. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So my daughter's about to start uh, senior school, and oh, yeah, it's a big course. thing. It is a big thing, mm. and I don't, see, I'm sort of quite ambivalent about school. Really, I don't, didn't have a terrible time, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how see how they get on. Yeah, but yeah. I think they're so much more um, focused. Um, really? Yeah, I don't know. I just because I never thought about what I wanted to be until much later. I think whereas yeah, yeah. now they're all sort of. So I mean, like, obviously at the moment it's all YouTubers and yeah, that sort of thing. But so I, yeah, I wouldn't even have had that. Social media, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But then they, I think they would be really good YouTubers. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> They've certainly, because I came from a background with like zero showbiz, yeah, zero, you know, anything. And I feel it might be a bit of a weird pressure on them yeah, to sort of follow us into the business. Yeah, yeah. And I would not, you know, I'm so careful uh-huh. about n- not imposing any, um, you know, or trying not to impose any of my values or my sure. expectations on them. Yeah. But I think, you know, so I'm always like, well, we're not religious, but if you want to be, yeah. why don't you find out about all the religions? And yeah, then maybe, yeah. you know, and we, oh, I mean, we do this, but maybe you'll want to be yeah. a landscape gardener. Yeah. And, uh, but I suppose you inadvertently you yeah, do set expectations. And so, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I will see. But whatever they want to do, course, I will support them course. wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it's quite an exciting time because 10 and 11, you know, you've still got, you know, lots of looking after still to do. Before yeah. They, yeah, but it's lovely know. and you do sort of realise how precious it is to still be able to spend time with them and yeah. you yeah. already feel the pulling away. So I'm like, I'm So is there anything it. that your mother passed on to you that you would pass on to your daughter? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, she was a very, very strong advocate of looking after your own money and knowing about money. And, you know, I think she was mindful of how easy it is to be taken advantage of both Mm -hmm. romantically and uh, professionally. Yeah. So that's definitely, you know, even though I'm terrible with money (laughs) and I make the effort to try and keep an eye on it. Yeah. And also just not sort of spending yeah you know not being too materialistic and i think again that's something that is quite difficult with the advent of social media and Mm -hmm. you know people want to have things in a way that we didn't ever really care about things so and i think i'm going to try and encourage my children like my mum was always you know very much of the we've got a perfectly good one of these already (laughs) we do not need to buy you know another so i always wear my shoes till they're falling off me yeah don't be wasteful yeah yeah yeah. for sure yeah. That's a good one. Don't be wasteful. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. So, so what oh, is? There we go. Sorry, you just on a roll. <laughs> no, no. What's next? What's I'm after the You know, that's what I was going to ask. No, we you do see. these interviews together all the time. The telepathic link. <laughs> what is next for you? So I'm having a lovely relaxing autumn because Justin's off on tour with a production of the Lavender Hill Mob, which is Ooh, touring great. Him and Miles Jupp. Oh, the double act we love. So yeah, so they're gonna have a great time, and I'm gonna be on childcare and just doing bits and bobs of gigs, and then I will be touring the show that I've been doing, um, Wake Up Call, around the UK in the uh, in spring the spring yeah, yeah kind of spring. and I also host a podcast yes. of my own with oh, uh, Jenny Ryan the vixen off of the chase who yeah. will be here somewhere she's coming to meet me now oh really um, and uh, we, it's called Fingers on Buzzers and yeah. it's about quizzing cause it's called Fingers on Buzzers Fingers on Buzzers yeah great and it's all about the world of quiz yeah. Very good. Thank you so much for today. Oh, I'm sorry that it's been a bit louder than it has been. It's a Friday. It's so... lovely to hear people here. That means they're coming to shows, <laughs> exactly. guys. So um, I don't begrudge them talking. Either that or they're they're drinking far too much. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> I mean, sun doesn't help. What we want is a bit of rain about do, now to get them into the Get shows, them into the... <laughs> Yeah. You've spent your money at the bar. Now don't spend oh, your yeah, money on the shows, please. Thank uh, you. Have a lovely, relaxing autumn. Yes. And all the success with your tour. Oh. And we'll have to ask you if you're coming to Glasgow because we're doing the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. Oh, lovely. Oh, yes. Um, wow. And that's in March. Count me in. So uh, look into that, Katie, yes, please. Yeah. We'll, we'll, do. Do. <laughs> we'll do. And Justin will be up here as well. So I'll oh, yes. tell him to, to yeah. drop your line. Yes, and, please. Okay, thank Beautiful. you. Thanks thank you so thank much. You thank you. you. That was really nice. What a pleasant. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. My mama said. Mama said. Mama said.